coming up on episode seven. It's it's been more than a fortnight since our last double review episodes, Fen. So let's get back on that horse, huh? Yeah, we've been fucking uh, around. Verse, chorus, verses. We're here. Yeah. Let's do it. Welcome to Verse, Chorus, Verse, Episode 7. I'm David Liston. With me is Sly and the family Sven. Sven, how are you doing tonight? <laughs> I'm doing fantastic. It's been a wild weekend partying with a bunch of five-year-olds. Uh, the wee one had a birthday, huh? Not the wee, the wee one, one, but... Had, yeah. The second weeest. He's a grown-up now, according to him. <laughs> does everything. Yeah. yeah. Does everything on his own. He knows everything about everything. Doesn't need his dad anymore. Sounds so much like my daughter. <laughs> I very much understand it. We're here on a Sunday. We had a little too much going on this weekend, and I think we needed a, a full eight-day recovery from our our three-man mission in episode six. So we are back. <laughs> We're going back to our roots. We are doing another regular review. Sven gave me a, an album to review. I gave him an album to review. And we're back doing what we love. Only going to be one episode, though, because next week we got something special. And the week after we got something special. So there's, for now, let's just listen to some good music. Nice. Two weeks ago, I forgot to mention something. So I kind of want to throw back real quick before we dive into like the rest of this episode. I totally just realized. Are we going to have to talk about Foo Fighters again? Oh, God. I'm sorry. But <laughs> someone passed away. That impacted not only everything that we talked about with the Foo Fighters and and tons of bands in the 90s, but also like everything we talked about with Evil. Well, not everything, but a lot of music from 97, the last episode. But Rupert Neve. I don't know if you're familiar with the name Rupert yeah. Neve. Yeah, Rupert Neve passed away. I honestly 12th. wasn't. I wasn't until last week. And that's just, it's nuts because that man... The, the engineer that, that created all the circuitry behind these amazing consoles, these recording consoles, which is the, mm-hmm. that heart and soul of everything that goes through it. And there was something about a Neve board or a Neve console that just gave warmth and depth and life. There's great equipment out there. This is definitely in that category, maybe even greater than great. The console at Sound City LA yeah. was one of four in the entire world that were ever made. This man custom makes, custom orders these mm-hmm. things. And you think about how many albums just in that studio, yeah. how many you know, platinum and gold and just awesome music that were recorded on that console for decades. I think that's great. Shout out to Rupert Neve. Yeah, absolutely. I'll take a drink to that. I did not expect for us to touch as much as we do in this podcast on the behind the scenes people, which with music is just so damn important. And somebody like him who is so responsible for so many musicians and then not only those musicians sound, but the sound that everybody after them tries to emulate because it's amazing. People like that, they don't get the recognition they deserve. So, yeah. Yeah. You'll never see his name on a, on an album credit. <laughs> well put. I'm going to cheers you to him now. Let's go to the most important part of the episode for that. Sven, it's Sunday. It's what Sunday. are you drinking? I should have probably taken a cue from Evil. He had a great idea last <laughs> week where he started off with some tea. <laughs> Um, yeah. I actually just polished off a Coors Light. That was my hydration for the evening so that I could get to... Plenty of water in that bad boy. Yeah, a Ninkasi Brewing 
Galaxy Trippin Stellar IPA. Ooh, yum! Um, it's a good one. I've I've had it once before, and I'm stoked to open this. Ninkasi one is a very very good brewing company. I am a very big they fan. They are. They're fantastic. They're fairly close yeah. to you, right? They're an Oregon brewery. Yes, uh, but they're like yeah. Eugene, a little bit further. Yep. Down. Yeah. Yeah, that, no, that's a great brewery, though. I love their beers. I am, since it's Sunday night, I'm taking it a little easy. I'm just drinking a red. It's a 2015 Willamette. I, I think it's King's uh, King's Estate nice. Vineyard. Yeah. If you can get a 2014 or 15 out of the Willamette Valley, it's going to be a good wine. Yeah. That's what I'm drinking. Just, just a wuss with my red wine. There's nothing wussy about that. <laughs> We'll save the fun stuff for next week because the next episode is going to be all nostalgia and fun bits. All right. We will take a quick break and be right back. We are back. This week, I gave David... Jesse, Volume 3 by Jacob Collier. Yes, you did. Thank you. So you are the second person that has advised that I listen to this album. The other person I respect almost as much as you musically. (laughs) But I will say that this, it's funny because when this was recommended, I was a little bit surprised when I first heard it. I'll say this. If you are a passive listener, you think that it's basic R&B. Yeah. Which could not be further from the truth. It's got some electro pop, a little... You can nod your head to this music, can't you? Oh, for sure. Yeah. It has everything. Before we start, let's guess each other's favorite song on the album. Sven, this was extremely tough for me because I could have seen you liking any of these songs. In the end, I just thought that the song with the most weapons that were <laughs> there for Sven would be Sleeping on My Dreams. Ooh. That's the song I picked for you. It's, this is I think I had a hard time also trying to pin down what I think you'd go into. My gut is telling me Butterflies. <laughs> Running Out of Love was a close second for me, but I think more because, I, I don't know. I'm Butterflies, and I, I can't wait to hear you talk through this thing because <laughs> I could totally be way off, and I'd love to know why I'm way off. <laughs> yeah, Jesse Volume 3, and I don't even know. It's spelled D-J-E-S-S-E, so it's supposed to be a play on his initials or something I don't like know. That. I, um, I don't know. And I'm not even sure if we're saying it right. Did Jesse or is it Jesse? I skipped that part and just go right I don't to the know. music. Cause... It's his fault that we don't know what he's saying. <laughs> Came out in August of 2020, so this is very, very new. It's volume three of what is uh, going to be a quadruple release. From what I gather, and as we usually say, I tried to do as little, quote unquote. You didn't dig, right? It's really hard to research while not in a review. So I just tried to get all the basic facts without reading opinions or, you know, hints towards the style. But what I have gathered is that the first three albums of this quadruple release he's doing were based upon Times of the Day. And this is the night. And this was the one that he stated he was most excited to make. Mm-hmm. He, he saw this as a great ability to explore negative space, which if this is this dude exploring <laughs> negative space, <laughs> Jesus Christ. 
I mean, we'll get into it, but I feel like this is the opposite of negative space. It's, it's nuts because this is a person that if he does an acapella arrangement of something, mm-hmm. it's not on this album, but anyone go go to YouTube and, and look up Moon River, Jacob mm. Collier. It's He takes himself and turns himself into like a 500-person choir. So yeah. negative space and negative space, I think it's all relative to... <laughs> what you fill the positive space with. He has very obviously been training musically his whole life. I didn't write it down, but he's been basically the whole time in his life, he's been doing some form of music in in the educational process, mm-hmm. which is very obvious very, very early. The one thing that I did see was Svend Sven actually, I think before he even recommended it, Svend shot me a little YouTube, but he had already said that it was going to be an album. So I didn't, I watched maybe three minutes of it and it would just oozed jazz. Mm -hmm. It was him. And, uh, I think he had even, he had either referred to, or I think it had to do with Herbie Hancock Mm -hmm. who makes complete sense because he seems like a new generation's Herbie Hancock or, you know, a Marcellus. He's one of the new innovators is what it seems like. Listening to him and Herbie Hancock talk harmonic theory yeah. and ways to convey emotion through chords and harmony. If you're that kind of a music nerd that gets really into music theory or just chord structures and Jacob goes into, you know, he, he has a couple master classes where he explains negative harmony and invert. Mm-hmm. I, it's, it's nuts the amount of... Like you get to a point where there are no wrong notes. You're just in the wrong octave. You can you can smash a keyboard, and as long as you spread the notes out in the right way, yes. basically, you can have these humongous chords that sound right. Which is very Herbie Hancock. It's, it's very, very yeah. it's, he really wants to implement every genre he can, not necessarily intertwining, but parallel to this jazz R and B feel. Mm-hmm. He does a good job of keeping the feel pretty consistent in this album while exploring, I mean, yeah. millions of sounds and sub harmonies of those sounds. And imagine a Windows file being opened to eight subfolders, and that's kind of what he's bringing to this music. I love that analogy. That's yeah. it, It's funny because I said at first that passive listening, it, it almost just sounds like a British R&B sort of yeah, thing. Right. And then when I first really, when I turned it on and I, and I listened to it, it was so complex. And then a couple listens after it stops being as complex again. It's this really weird roller coaster of, you know, it's super simple. It's incredibly complex. Wait, no, it's actually pretty simple. That's one of the reasons I like his music is that, like you were saying, it could be something that's passive that you would totally think is just another like pop or R and B album. Yeah, the structures and like he's not that revolutionary in that way. It's mm-hmm. all the things that he stacks on top of each other in these little tiny moments. Which to me, there are times where it almost just sounds like noise for the sake of noise. Yeah. And this is where I'll say that he is really young and it might just be a personal preference, but there is a lot of overproduction in this. It's so busy. Yeah, it's crazy busy. It's hard because you recognize and you appreciate the work and things that he's doing. But it's just at the end, it's 
I don't know if it's just not my style or if it's really is just kind of overproduced. You call out his age, and I think that that probably has a lot to do with it because I feel like when I... I'm nowhere near as talented as Jacob Collier. So as I'm about to say what I'm going to say, keep that in mind. (laughs) I'm not. uh, But when I was younger playing music, didn't matter what instrument, I felt like on every single song at some point I would try to pull up all the stops, all the tricks, and just, you know, like this is how good I really am. And that doesn't matter so much later on in life. Exactly. It's why when you and I were 16 and 17, we were listening to strictly jazz and Dave Matthews and these bands that were showing you, look what I can do, look what I can do. And then as you get older, you stop listening to that stuff and you just want, you want the stuff that just makes you feel right. You're not going to be impressed anymore. I'm not going to be impressed anymore by what you do. me. I'll be yeah. appreciative. You want to impress me, write a good chord progression yeah. and, and yeah. make it pretty. Totally. You know, there's kind of a science to what he's doing. I mean, this is, there's a lot of Coachella mm-hmm. and, and I'm not, I don't at all mean that as an insult. It's kind of shows you how complex newer styles, newer genres like EDM can be mm-hmm. because it can be extremely complex. It's painstaking the amount of the amount that he must have to edit and click and and there's mathematics. Yes. I don't know it, if you noticed on on some of the tracks where it almost feels like there's a delay to the drums or things have like this weird lilt to them. He very much does it, the it bluesy, this, jazzy let the let the bass wait. Yeah. Let the bass come right behind the beat. And things are yeah. also what I found out, I didn't realize it for sure until he he does these logic session breakdowns where he pulls up his audio file, the whole project and and talks you through a whole song okay. how he produced it. Might have been Time Alone with You. It was definitely one that had a little slower groove and it had that mm-hmm. kind of that lilty kind of limping feel. And he subdivided. So, I mean, it sounds like it's in 4 4 with this steady you know, one, two, yeah. three, four. But he's subdividing each of those into five. Like, oh, and okay. uneven. One, two, three, four, five. One, two, three, four, five. One, two, three, four, five. Yeah. One, two, three, four, five. Instead of dividing evenly, fours and fours and fours, you know, like you normally would going quarter notes, eighth notes, sixteenth. He's got these. He's squeezing five notes in the space where I think most of us would expect only there to be. Is that why he starts? I think it's time alone with you where you can hear him come in with the count and he goes, one, two, three, four, five. five. That's That's very cool. Okay. And by placing the drums one fifth of a beat off of where the bass is, you get that it feels organic and it feels natural. But it's actually very mechanical and very mathematical. That's cool. He takes this very um, mathematical approach to something that's just super old school. Yeah. It's blues 101, you know? Yeah, yeah. Sven, you're never going to guess, because when I first listened to this, I didn't love it. You're never going to guess when the first time that I was like, okay, yeah, this is good. You're is never going to guess. Ty Dolla Sign? When when he comes on, all I need. <laughs> no, what do I? No. So when I sat down with a whiskey when and you, put and turned it on. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It was so hard to find the. I couldn't really get the vinyl. I found it in one place yeah. in Britain for like a hundred bucks. And no, I'll just I'll wait yeah. for a year. But yeah, it, when I just sat down and relaxed, I I really liked you it. You can't go running to this one. I know that's part of your routine. You you like to to get out and run. Yes. This is this is. Probably not great running music. Not really. No. I really wish I also this is the first time I mean every single album I want to, but this is the first time I was actually fairly legitimately upset that we couldn't play samples. Right. 
to explain what we're doing. If there was ever music that could benefit both parties playing it. You tried. So, yeah, I, mean, I tried hats hard. hats off to you for trying. You tried your ass off, I think. Yeah. Um, I really wish we could play some of the parts, but that that's okay. Hopefully, you know, we're, we're doing our best to premeditate and let people know what's going to be on here so you get a chance to really feel it for yourself before you listen to this. There are a lot of times in this album where the, not the oddness, but his different approach doesn't really blend that well into, it doesn't really equate to good writing. Mm -hmm. There are bass drops and there are chorus transitions that my ears are begging for in these songs that he doesn't give you. And I like it. I think it's inventive and I think it's cool. And I think he's trying to do something different. But dude, just I need that resolution. What are you doing? Stop being an ironic teenager. (laughs) Yes. Although he's not a teenager anymore. He's he's 23, I think. Yeah, definitely. And and I think whatever he's doing with his voice, he's singing from like it's like this throaty. I don't know. I feel like it's something a voice coach would rip apart, Mm -hmm. but it works with his music. I don't even know how to describe it. I don't really like his voice. Personally, it's kind of this, it's trying to be something that it isn't. Yeah. I liked it a lot more when the other people were singing on this album. Right, right. It is, it's unique though. It is, it's unique. One thing I do appreciate that I don't think very many people do, and it's not across the board with this album, but a lot of his vocal parts that he composes, they remind me of horn parts or string parts. He Mm. writes instrumental parts and then records them as vocals and sets lyrics to them, which I think sometimes makes the lyrics the lyrics seem forced because he needs to fit a certain number of syllables into like this horn yeah. line. I probably sound like I'm complaining a lot about this, but you know, for everything that I don't like about this album, there are counters to it. Mm-hmm. You know, even the songs that I dislike will have a part in it that I really enjoy. A little progression or or a little curveball, a great little flicker of brilliance. Examples would be in like Count the People. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. So David, the king of bitching about autotune, <laughs> I love, I it's it's gotta be it's T-Pain's T-Pain. part because I know T-Pain's T-Pain, in it and yeah. it's... Auto tune. I love the auto tune <laughs> singing in that. I don't like the amount. Like it's like all the time with T Pain. But in this I, song, it works. It it's, does. I, it sounds yeah. great. But see, so, and there's kind of the counter is also in that song. I do not like the the kind of the fast rap thing that Jacob's trying to do. Yeah. There are very few people that do fast rap well. There, you know, the Tech Nines and the Buster Rhymes, and the he's just not that. I can't yeah. really tell what he's saying. Almost a mumbling. Do, do you, know. you have a least favorite? We always try to pick each other's most favorite. Should we just um, do? Should we do the time of your life award right now? Why not? Yeah. It yeah. actually, it's gonna surprise people, and we can talk about it. It actually, my second least favorite song that I don't really like. It seems like it's the most poppy, radio friendly one. It's the My Bones one. Okay. The, yeah. It's a little too cheesy for me. It's a little too. Yeah. It's man, so much. Janet and Michael Jackson influence Good on this album to me. Good call. I hear 90s Janet and Michael all over this fucking album. The Rhythm Nation-y, uh, what was the, what was the Michael uh, one? Yeah. Dangerous. Yes. And yeah, and that My Bones, man, that could be a 92 Jackson track, uh, which I'd rather just listen to Janet Jackson. But actually, no, my least favorite song, I just didn't get it. I never got it, is Butterflies. Oh, it's butterflies. I just didn't, I didn't really get the point of where it was going and what it was trying to do. And that was the one I picked as uh, yeah. 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 I really, I really F that one up. 
my God. I, it's know, just the I two was... songs on this album, and I put it in my notes, In My Bones and Butterflies, they're, they're just clusterfucks. There's so much going on, and yeah. I'm sure it has to do with the fact that he's just smarter than me musically, but and, you I know, just don't. I think don't... that's the thing that's kind of cool about this is when it comes down to it, it doesn't matter how smart you are with music or how much you know, how are you impacting yeah. people that are listening? And I think Jacob's a great example of how that can go both ways. My least on this, and it, it's not even a song. I don't even know when it's there. I wish that it, it I wish he didn't start off the album Claire, the way he did. Yes. I can't stand that. I love soundscapes and things like that, but Clarity, the first track. I agree. I didn't think it was smart or I don't know why he started. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, there's also his voice is unique. I can't tell if it's if he is augmenting it or if that's just him. That's him. So you yeah, go then... and watch videos of him as like a 12 year old singing, and he he tries to do the same thing. I'd love it if someone that's like a voice coach or a vocal teacher listen to Jacob Collier and then message us and tell us what you think he's doing because there's something that's not. It's something he does with his voice. Yeah, and it, to me, it's like tongue back of throat type of something or other and then there's also a lot on this album is slower r&b which you get a lot of good music out of and it it sounds good it's fun i'll tell you the rest of my house loved this album they were so happy you gave me this album because they loved it i'm starting to score points with your fam over there you totally are yeah (laughs) when i'm the reason that they're listening to moontooth which i will listen to all day and you're the reason they get to listen to rubble bucket well what's this now i like this i'm gonna f it all up and and next time i'm gonna send you like wesley willis <laughs> send me something as as black as my soul <laughs> problem with those r&b type songs for me is they just don't speak to me it's talent i'm impressed by it but it just doesn't but it is you know like sleeping on my dreams he he has that really badass it almost sounds like a baseline he did with his voice he he does a lot of stuff where he he'll record his voice and then he'll slow it down or speed it up to get different pitches it sounds cool and also in that song he has that basically turns his voice into kind of a professional sounding choir the my bed is all yeah that is the coolest little transition into his super funky chorus that he's got there every single song there's stuff like that that even if i don't love the song there's always something in the song that that really really impresses me if you look at how many people he has on this album there's some folks that i'm surprised would get down with an experimental contemporary jazz artist (laughs) and and make... It's probably because he does make it sound R&B pop enough. He must have a lot of respect within the music industry to for these people to get in on this. That's the other thing that drives me nuts about this. All these albums that you're seeing released, he records in his bedroom. And it's not like a fancy, tricked-out music studio bedroom it looks like my bedroom at my parents house when i was growing up it's weird to see these people that come and hang out at his parents house in his bedroom and then he has nonchalantly like this row of grammys just across the top of his fender Rhodes keyboards that's not nonchalant that's very when i was 23 i know what i was like at 23 that's very on purpose he knows exactly what he's doing oh sure there are parts that like when he in time alone it's really done right it's really impressive he kind of slows it down there's still really extreme reharmonization and then subharmonization and all that but it's done it's done right there's fucking double time swing in this that just that little couple seconds of double time swing 
it's a badass song. And I feel the same way about He Won't Hold You, which is another one where he, he's using those techniques, but he it feels like he takes a step back. He concentrates more on his diminuendos and his crescendos and his chromaticism. And yeah. it's really, really good. I listen to this. I mean, as I always do, I listen to this a lot. And there was, I kept finding little things that I didn't like and little things that I liked about it. I think just as time moves on, I'm just a less is more guy with music. It's why, it's why Lane Staley is my favorite vocalist. And it's why my favorite guitarists rarely do solos. And this guy for now anyway, is just kind of the opposite of that. Though you watch the chef shows, the real chef shows, the the real good ones, and they go into the competition. Mm -hmm. And in the end, it's always the guy that just makes the perfect fucking pork chop that wins the whole thing. Yeah. Because it's not about the 80 million other little things that you do. So I don't like this. To me, this isn't necessarily an amazing album, but there are huge flashes of brilliance. And it makes me excited for this guy. Yeah. You can tell that this is has a kind of a Zappa Miles Davis craft work. This guy is going to be an innovator. And I do definitely see a 10 out of 10 album from this guy eventually. Can you imagine when he's like in his late thirties or forties and has, has that maturity to add on top of all that talent? Cause it's talent. Oh, for yeah. Crazy talent. One other side note about, I appreciate about Jacob is that he gives back to the education. So he goes to college campuses. He does seminars. He does classes. He teaches. So I think that's one thing I really appreciate is watching someone that, has learned so much through their life, yeah. then try to pass on the knowledge. And there's a lot of content that's educational that he releases for free on his YouTube channel. That's very cool. That's um, fantastic. I gotta say, one of the unexpected pleasantries of doing this podcast with you is, it's gonna sound like an insult, I can assure you it's not, you've kind of drugged me back into the pop music world. Because I was so <laughs> not anywhere near any of these like none of these albums were even close to my radar you know who i think saved pop or what i think saved pop for me is jazz jazz has saved pop because the more i listen to pop music now more and more as i listen to pop music now i hear jazz creeping in some pop yeah some some an increasing amount of it, and there's very select artists, I think, that actually aim for it, put forth the effort. Educated musicians, too, which, which like musicians. we talked about earlier, are the people that go yeah, unnoticed. Yeah, there's like that Dua Lipa song that has that crazy bass line. There's like stuff that I see really talented musicians actually covering because they like... Yeah you know, something on the original recording, and it's, I don't know. I'm, I'm always happy to drag someone else down that road with me because I think it's worth taking another look at. <laughs> That's my review on Jesse Volume 3. Good, not great, but if there was any line that I would say that's that I think is an extreme compliment to a 23-year-old, I think he definitely has a 10 out of a 10. He's got a Songs in the Key of Life, Abbey Road-style album in his head. That's so. Awesome. Let's do some awards and categories for this album. We'll go briefly over the lyrics. To me, it's they're not impressive. It's basic pop R&B mm-hmm. lyrics. You know, why'd you leave me? I miss you. I love you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I feel like he writes these instrumental parts and then decides that he's going to use mm-hmm. voice to perform those parts. And then just the, the lyrics come almost 
after the fact. Influences, we already kind of touched on that. It's basically anybody jazz. <laughs> and With some Michael and Janet. Uh, and throw in some Prince there because you know me. Yeah. I'm, I can't go through an episode without talking about Prince. Yeah. So. Yeah. Fine Wine or Skunk Beer mm-hmm. Award. I honestly have no clue i don't know if this is going to age well or not do you what do you think i don't I, I don't think it's either it will among some crowds have some stay power mm-hmm. very specific um listeners will probably keep this around forever and love it forever and keep it going if you like it like you're it. not going to stop liking it and if you don't like it you're never going to like I it i think that, that kind, kind of a thing. thing never mind the bullocks award have you listened to any of his other albums i have let's ask you then yeah. because i haven't listened to any of his other stuff yet what's his best album they're all good in different ways i will say out of the the jesse volume one two three three for me is the best he hits so many different textures and subgenres. it's all pretty jazz oriented but it's yeah. hard to compare album to album john paul jones award first instinct is maybe somebody that could help him coordinate his thoughts a duke ellington right. or somebody like that but you know i want this kid to find his own way i would say nobody because i do i want this kid to find his own way to a quote-unquote right. perfect right. album i think on this album I could hear some spots where we already talked about Herbie Hancock, but I, I there's some spots on here that I think like hand the keyboards over to someone like that. Hell yeah! Because of that, some the, the yeah. maturity, the less is more thing. I think that someone like that would have helped. John Popper Award. What do you think is the best hook on this album? You know, I think on All I Need, that the chorus, that four on the floor, it could be like a disco song. It's very danceable it's it's catchy it's a little uh, it's a little stevie wonder kind of yeah yeah that that's the one that gets stuck in my head mine is the chorus to the song that i guessed was your favorite which is uh sleeping on my dreams i don't even love that song but when he does that we already talked about it the professional choir thing into the breakdown into the i've been sleeping on my dream uh-huh. it's it's a really really well done hook there's there's a few on here Eddie Van Halen Award, I don't even remember what song it is. I, I think it's song number two, where there's a five-second banjo riff. Okay. <laughs> You're giving it to the banjo? I'm just giving it to that. You're giving it to the banjo. Yeah. I actually don't have one. Cause, yeah, I didn't um, really have one. That's pretty much... <laughs> that's my cop-out, honestly. <laughs> uh, Surfer Rosa Award, I, it's not a B-side album. It's I think it's pretty consistent yeah. the whole way through. I argue that. I couldn't argue. Yeah, no. We already did Time of Your Life Award. We just threw everybody off. So let's get to the important <laughs> stuff then. Sven, what are your three favorite songs on this album? Okay. Backwards to forwards. All I need. I think it's just, like I said, it's catchy. Uh, I, yep. It's head bobbing. Running Out of Love. There's something about the feel of this song. It just makes me feel, it relaxes me. Tori Kelly, the, the female vocal on yep. it, I think she kills it. My favorite is Time Alone With You. It's a good song. It's Daniel Caesar yes. on that yeah, song he, that man, makes it his, my favorite. He did such a good job picking him to sing on that song. Well done. And then it has that weird kind of yeah. drums and bass slightly offset. It's, it's uh, Linda Schmidt, our old choir director, she preached that all the time. And I never got it when I was that young. <laughs> but man, just wait. Just wait on that beat. Get get right behind the beat. And I'm telling you, for the, the bass is going to sound... Good job, Ms. Schmidt. You right, yeah. you definitely know what you're talking about. I would love to hear like <laughs> someone like her what 
what her opinion is of this artist. Dissect this. Yeah. We, we should have we should have had her on as a guest for this one. I might be friends with her still. What are you drinking, Ms. Schmidt? We could make this happen. <laughs> so my, my three favorite are, actually, we have the same number three, All I Need. Uh, number two is your number one, Time Alone With You, uh, for nice. the reasons we talked about. My number one favorite is He Won't Hold You. It's just, ah. that song is beautiful that song is a that is a gorgeous song who won the album i am just saying fans of jazz jazz musicians i don't care if you like or you don't like jazz that's fine but typically the musicians that are going to push the envelope in a genre were at least trained in jazz growing up and it's just nice to hear stuff like that again amen to that Uh, what about you who who won this album i'm gonna say daniel caesar just because i discovered who that even is i like and it and it's not a name i knew there's something just silk and smoothie just just the quality of his voice all right so sven rate this album what do you what do you rate this oh my bit, goodness bad boy? this one i'm giving it a nine out of 12 like beers so out of my 12 pack <laughs> out of my 12 pack in my cooler right here nine of them are for jacob i like it i uh, i'm giving this album uh seven out of ten left clicks the the amount that he's clicking on his mouth it just gives me nightmares it, it does but yes <laughs> seven out of ten and i like i've i've said it i think three times now i do see a 10 out of 10 in this guy's future so thank you for put me on to this guy he is definitely on my radar now i'm definitely gonna listen to the rest of his stuff and yeah there are a couple songs on here that are freaking gems that everybody should hear that is it for jesse volume three by jacob collier let's uh let's take a break and we will be back with the album that i gave sir svend We are back. For this week, I gave Mr. Svend Southern Gothic by the Constellations. All right. Favorite songs. What what do you think my favorite song is on this album? I think yours is Weighing Me Down. Hmm. Um, Okay, let's see. That's, That's a... I don't know what to pick for you, honestly, because I feel I like mean, this you know. Is so, can I can <clears> I give <throat> you a hint? Yeah, there is a song on this album that is might be one of my top five favorite songs of all time. Oh Jesus! Yeah, probably no. We'll say I'll say top ten. <laughs> oh, I really want to get into something before <laughs> I should. Uh, is it "Take a Ride"? "Take a Ride" is oh, is is it my favorite? Is that what you're asking? I'm just thinking that's what I'm gonna. That's what I'm picking. I don't know, man. I feel like I still have a really hard time nailing down w- what parts of things speak to you. We've only been doing this for a month and a half. Only been and and we've only known each other, played music <laughs> together musically for, way too long. This album and this is this part. Okay, I'm gonna just gonna say this is partly why I have a hard time picking. I feel like this is like three bands. Oh, okay. So let, let, I'm just going to th- throw that out there. So out of all three bands, I'm picking one, and then I'm picking Take a Ride, because okay. out of the three bands that are actually one band, um, <laughs> I feel I feel like I Take like a it. Ride is it. I mean... I, I think that part of their style is I don't think there's so much a 
I think they try to be much more about where they're from than what right. their style of music is because they're very, very hardcore into, and it's so evident through this whole album. They do that how hard they rep Atlanta. They do, and I think there's a lot of parts of that that make me wish it was like I just want this to be a straight blues band, man. Yeah, like, give me like some bluesy guitar solos and cut some of the funk out a little. And I can't believe I'm saying that because um, that's. A lot of what's awesome about this album is the funk that's infused throughout, whether it's the the bass or whether it's the keyboard sounds. Mm -hmm. I just want this to be like a blues band, you know, like cream or something like that like there's there's a few songs you want you want them to be that band that when you're half drunk at the bar at 12 30 they're playing that's you want dead on and this is another band that i think i feel like um well a i would go see them live whenever that's possible again yeah i don't know what they're doing now this was in 2010 and i had a hard time current activities oh because i went through trying to get rights to this i couldn't find contacts for anybody i couldn't find contacts for the band the management they're not on the radar right now at all it kind of saddens me because this is a band i think i would enjoy a lot live this is the kind of concert that i get into i'm one of those people that when i get close to the stage it's not i don't want to mosh i don't want to be a fanboy and scream and it's because i'm trying to see what the hell you're doing because i'm trying to rip off some of what you're doing i want to know what the hell are you what's on that pedal board bro what are you yeah exactly exactly i feel like this is the kind of band that would do that i i hear their bass player doing some things that i love that i would do i feel like i hear him using a couple of the pedals i used to use there's some grit to some Mm -hmm. some bass noises that he chooses it's a funk band um, so it goes without saying but man the bass on this album is just right at the front of the palette and it and it's Sometimes it's it's more notes, it's these melodic bass lines, and other times it's just like, it's one note, but just the rhythm or the way he's just in the groove, in the pocket with the drummer, yeah. just setting the pace for the song. Awesome bass player. Mm-hmm. Setback, the first song. That's an example for me that's like, it's a simple bass groove, but it's tight. Um, I mean, it's like three notes, but... The way it's played and it has this bounciness that it goes really well with kind of the rap rock thing that's going mm-hmm. on here. That's that's one thing that I was a little bit like, what the fuck is this? Like, it's like G Love and Special Sauce, but like that's a good comparison right there. It's a little less. It, it this is way more cool to me. G Love was yeah, was, way less whiny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What would you say the drum beat is in this? It's almost Spanish. It, it's the doom bat doom bat doom doom. Yeah, it's, bat, it's this little bat, sequence. It's, it's a, like there's a name for it. There's a name for that, and uh, I can't think of it right now. I also like the lyrics of this song. This band is super upbeat with really dark lyrics. This song is about a drug dealer dealing in Atlanta and getting pinched and trying to go back out there. It is not happy shit that he's singing about. But if you listen to Setback, it is the happiest sounding song in all of these songs. There's a song on here about a prostitute that is the funkiest dancingest song that there's ever been. This album's really, they're really good at that. I'm starting to see a trend though with you and like the happy sounding songs that are super dark when you listen to the lyric. We went over this when we were talking, we were talking TV on the radio. I think we covered this. Totally see what you're saying. It's bouncy and you wouldn't think that it's You'd figure it was written about on my way to go grab some beer and grab my bag of weed. It sounds like driving down the road on a Sunday. Um, Yeah, exactly. And one thing he does vocally, I'm not always all into the rap 
part of it. The less melodic vocal talk singing things. Yeah. Sometimes I like it. There's artists that I hear a lot of like Cake or Beck in some of the Constellation yeah. songs. And I like it when Beck does it. I like it when Cake. Yeah. Those were probably the moments where I was the most like, just, just, just sing some blues. Sometimes this style of sing talking whatever can just sound like you're trying yeah, too hard. Yeah, like Take a Ride for Me is one that's like that, that I'm just like, this. just let Cake sing the song because... And see, this is just the difference because I'm more listening to the lyrics and I like the whole, they're kind of setting up this modern day Moulin Rouge of this ah. CD. It looks like this big, amazing, fun place that everybody's having the best time of their life but then you look in and it's seedy and there's all these drug addicted the dark side. sex workers and this and that i've seen and that theme kind of work its way into the next couple of tracks too then right after take her ride we're here to save the day when that started i thought it was an eminem song from like the early 2000s or something i was listening on spotify and i had to go check and make sure that Spotify did. It is very <laughs> so much a rap beat for is. sure. Yeah. I heard that the bass with the drums and I half expected Eminem to just start. Yeah. This is one of those bands that there's times I just love it and then there's other times that I'm like, fucking Felicia? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. That's one of those that like, it got annoying. That song was annoying. I guess I could see it. For me, that song is the epitome of what I was talking about, where it's this. You expect to be in a bar dancing to this. Oh, yeah. And if you listen to the song, it's just completely about a prostitute. Oh, yeah. It's depressing as hell. There's just something about the way, mostly the chorus, the Felicia, babe, I really think I need you. I was all over the place listening to this. Every other time I, li- I would love it, then I'd hate it, then I'd love it, and I'd hate it, then I'd wish it was something else, then I'd love it for what it is. I have to ask you if you caught, because it's so short-lived but did you catch CeeLo Green on this album oh no I did not yeah I don't know why he decided to do it and why they wanted him to do it but in the song love is a murder how towards the very end there's this talking part that's right it's like it's a tragedy and something okay. something hurts and that's the song that's with... CeeLo Green it's oh so weird that's actually that's one of the songs that stuck with me the most it's a good song I really like you know the, the you really want to leave you gotta be ready to die yeah it was the most rockish yes. to me out of really the really heavy bass drum with the this is yeah, a song yeah, yeah, yeah. that I would totally want to cover the go-go beat that goes into the yeah, yeah. I, what I really love about them is when they do like that funk disco kind of mm-hmm. feel when you get the kick on each beat Step Right Up is another one of those where they go back into that um, it's very Bourbon Street Bourbon Street the ladies singing the backup vocals all through this. Anytime I hear those, they have some backup singers that I think are yeah are bluesy yep. as hell. They're awesome. They totally remind me of a band that I would just party yeah. to. Oh, yeah. You turn this on at a camping or at a party, everybody will party to this album for sure. I want to get back to their bass player real quick, too, because he's tasty. There's some tasty grooves in here. Like uh, uh, What I See. Yeah, that's a good song. On the chorus, the bass line does this really, it's pretty walk down kind of thing. That was another one of the songs that I really like on this, probably because it also had a little more like, it, it was a little more towards the rock mm-hmm. side, I think, of their sound. It's just a good feel to that song. I just like the feel of it. Good feel. There's a spot in there where I feel like there could have been a solo, but I love that there's not a solo. It's just like this instrumental... Synth going up and down. Kind of, like yes. built to spill yeah. guitar. Yeah, and like the guitars create that atmosphere and floatiness. And This whole band for me is this 
pattern of hit me with something that's kind of bluesy and then it gets more rockish and then it gets like techno and then it gets like disco funky and then it goes back to being bluesy then rock and i really like that because it kept it interesting to listen to this was a definitely one of the ones that there was moments that i would i could i'd really focus on the music but i could also just have it in the background and pay attention to whatever I'm doing. Yeah. When I sat down with some headphones and just kind of cleared my mind and really went through and tried to listen to what was going on in the background, I really like what their keyboard does with all the different sounds. She's got some really tasty choices in what sounds she's picking from her arsenal. That, I don't know, harpsichord kind of thing in December. Pretty sure it's harpsichord. And there's yeah. a moment in there where I felt it was very Grateful Deadish almost. Touch of Grey, like... To me, this is very much, this is a modern day version of California Dreamin' by the Mama and the Papas. Uh, yeah, it has that 60s feel. It's And it's weird that they can go from that to the G-Love special sauce thing. Or Weighing Me Down, which is the one that I said that I thought you'd like a lot, which is just this very deep south underground bar hall piano just pounding. Yes. It's And again, like, with the backup vocals on this, mm-hmm. the, I wanted that just to be full-blown blues jam. I wanted Clapton on that song for some reason. Like something like that, you know, that Jeff Beck or like some. Mm -hmm. This is something that I wish was easier to find what they're doing now. No kidding. I hope that they pop back up on the radar with another album. For Um, me, I'm almost. This is the type of band. And, you know, it's a good thing I didn't get the rights because I don't have to feel bad for saying this at all. But this is the type of man to me that I've got this album of theirs. I don't really need another one. I get it. Seeing them live. Yeah, I man, that would I'm sure that'd be amazing. But that's as far as if they came out with other stuff. Yeah, that's great. I'd check it out. But this album kind of encapsulates a specific sound for me that I don't I don't really need it again. In doing some listening and research, I did see a couple of live concert like footage mm. of a couple songs from this album and that that kind of helps solidify that opinion that like yeah i would totally it's pretty good yeah if, if they were playing like a small club somewhere near me i would go watch and buy shots for everyone on the band so constellations come to uh portland or boise please please do. thank you free drinks at least and one. you get to come on a podcast that too <laughs> Let's get into the awards and categories. We touched mostly on the lyrics. There's one line in it that I love, and it's in We're Here to Save the Day. Because especially at this time, you got to remember this was 2010 and stuff like this was not around. That song's about how every song's kind of sounding the same at that point, because they really were. Uh-huh. And is what is the line? I have it written down. I just can't ignore your candy-coated, bloated ego, platinum pile of shit. Oh, I really like yeah. that. It's a good line. Yeah. <laughs> Find me at a bar stool chasing thrills with next month's rent. It's just, it's very that style Felicia, of. Babe, I really think I need you. <laughs> Don't sing the next part. I have to edit it. <laughs> uh, she's just doing her job. Uniqueness. What do you, what do you feel about uh, uniqueness on this I, album? I don't know that it's super unique. I feel like there's a lot of bands that try to do the same thing. Constellation's do it really well there are a lot of not famous bands that do this exactly it's a bar band yes if you go to a big city five out of ten of the bands of the rooms that you go into a band like this is going to be yeah i'm kind of glad i was worried that you weren't going to like this album because i like it so much yeah but at the same time god i want to give you an album you hate so bad i'm just i'm I'm waiting waiting for for it i'm wanting it's gonna happen someday it'll 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 happen um influences i hear 
a lot of the same stuff that you'd think of for albums like this. I hear a lot of Roots and Tribe Called Quest, and I I hear a little bit of like Outcast in it. Yeah, I think I mean I already said it. I'm hearing a lot cake of like and, cake. Yeah, I you know I hadn't thought about it, but Beck for sure. I hear a lot of Beck because Beck always reminds me of like uh, I mean like he he does the solo production thing and it's here's wag. a question for you, Sven. Which artist are we going to have to do more parts of when we dissect them beck or dave matthews (laughs) only reason i'd say dave matthews is because i feel like there's at least three people in that band that i could go off on for days fine wine or skunk beer award i kind of like the last album i don't really see this doing either i think it it is what it is and this style of music's been around for a long time it's going to be around for a long time the people that don't like it don't the people that do like it do this is like a bucket of ice cold bud light hey um, sounds make that Coors Light and I'm in make that Coors Light it could be Coors Light um, not, okay, not that you can tell the difference <laughs> but and that's that's kind of what I mean like it could be Coors Light it could be Bud Light it could be PBR um, you hear this in a bar and you're having a beer and you're gonna have a good time yeah John Paul Jones awards you know I, th- I think it's just because the Atlanta thing I really wanted to hear Big Boy. That would have been on this. I, rad. I, I love Big Boy, and I'm not outcast. I'm not saying I don't like Andre, of who everybody in the world likes Andre. But Big Boy is very underrated. He is. I think some of the songs in this were a lot like what was his that double album. His his was, side uh, of it. Speaker yeah. Box. It, it sounds a lot like Speaker Box, and yeah, I think that. I would get been that. Cool. I could see that. The whole the whole time I've been talking about like more. I. I throw some blues guitar on this like i i don't know that i can pinpoint anything like you're any, clapton any, yeah maybe not clapton specifically i'm trying to think of something a little more party-ish uh warren warren haynes or something i and, yeah just just any, i like that anyone yeah. that can just throw a little extra yeah yeah, yeah i would have loved some guitar solos mixed in here and there john popper award do you do you have a best hook no um <laughs> for me it's it's in love love's murder that yeah, you you really want to live you gotta be ready if you to die. It, yeah that's like, a great could, hook there's really yeah, good yeah mine is we're here to save the day i just love that the, the little kids singing the we that's, uh, that's my eminem uh, song i don't even know what they're saying i just it's it's yeah. catchy i love it eddie van halen award i went with the harpsichord in uh-huh. december uh-huh I could listen to that all day, every day. I'm like you with harpsichord to me is like arpeggios for you. I, if it's in a song, yeah. it's I'm done. I'm I'm sold. Liking That's it. it. I thought mm-hmm. it was a great choice for that song. I don't know that I have an Eddie Van Halen moment for me where I'm just like, wow, you know, as far as musicianship. And I don't think I have one for this album. Surfer Rosa Award, the, you know... I think this might be the first time I've said this on this podcast, Ooh. but I actually think it's the opposite. I think this is top heavy. It, for me, it's it's similar. I don't like the middle as much as I like the start and the end. Yeah. I'll be honest, like Felicia is my least favorite song on this, and that's like almost smack in the middle. Time of Your Life Award. My least favorite song on this, because we just went through Sven's, which is Felicia. He does not like songs about sex workers. <laughs> I am going with Step Right Up. What? It's I like this one. Maybe this should have been like a secret track or something. They have some tasty vibraphones going on. It doesn't there and like little background. It, I, I'm sorry, Sven. It's my podcast. 
it's almost a concept more than a song. Maybe it's what he's doing with the words where he's doing kind of like that Moulin Rouge right. Bourbon Street thing I was talking about where he's he's literally being a ringmaster. When I sit down, I listen to an album. I don't want that eight minute song at number six yeah. or whatever it is, like right smack in the middle. It's, <laughs> it was just weird for me. All right, let's do and I'm going to have you go first. What are your three favorite songs on this album you you picked weighing me down right as my favorite yeah that is my third yep. okay love the backup vocals wish this is one of those ones i i totally wish they turned into just like a full-out blues jam somehow yeah i actually weirdly enough love hate and on my number two is we're here to save the day the groove that's a good song yeah it's something Frickin that cl- it's catchy it is catchy and i think that's that's what that's what did it for me. And then my my number one is Love is a Murder. Gotcha. When I heard that, and maybe it's because it's so early in the album, I was hoping the rest of the album was going to be just like that. My top three, my number three is uh, exact same as yours, Weighing Me Down. I just, I love that poundy piano bar hall mm-hmm. blues down that kind of speakeasy in the South sort of sound. I love that. Yeah. Number two is Love is a Murder. I really like the kind of go-go drum beat that they do into the chorus. It's a really simple song, just like my number one. But my number one song on this album is, it's seriously, it's probably one of my top fives of the 2000s and maybe one of my top 10 songs of all time is December. Ah, That harpsichord really got you. It did. And I could listen to that song every day of my life, never get sick of it, always love it. The vocals that he does along with the calm harpsichord the chorus is beautiful with these kind of moaning background vocals harmonizing perfectly. It's just, yeah. and even the breakdown, there's a breakdown that has just a badass drum part. It's really cool hi hat work. Yeah. It's, I just, in my notes, I wrote down, I would want to see this live. Yeah. Yes. Who won the album? We already touched on it, but just yeah. fun situations. If you're camping in a large group or if you're at a house party, you're on a road trip with a bunch of people, this album is. Fried gold, baby. I'm voting bass player. What's his name here? Uh, Wes Hoffman, uh, I think. Something Hoffman. It kept me grounded in this album. Every time that I would feel like my attention was drifting or that I was really not into something, I I get pulled back in by it. And sometimes it was just the most simple thing. Mm -hmm. It was locked in. Agreed. Now all that's left to do for us is we got to rate the album. Sven. I am giving this one... 14 out of 21 wooden nickels. (laughs) I like it. It makes sense. Anybody that questions that, you're an idiot. Uh Don't even explain it. I'm giving it 9 out of 10 lemon pepper wings. It's one of those albums that, in my heart of hearts, is it really a 9 out of 10? Mm, Maybe more like an 8 or a 7. But it just, there's something about this album that has a special place in my heart, nostalgia wise. And there's probably only like one song on it that I don't like. And it does have one of my favorite songs on it of all time. So it shoots it into the nine out of 10. And with that, we are done like dinner, Sven. We have never had a 10 out of 10 yet. Have we have neither of us have given a perfect score yet, right? We have not. So that is still on the table. I think we've done a couple nine out of tens, uh, with Stevie and radio, the obvious ones. Yeah. I, I feel like if we ever hit a zero or a 10 out of 10, 
uh, there's something special's got to happen. I don't know when that's going to be. We'll have to figure something um, out. Yeah, that's it for us this week. This was a good, simple one. I kind of liked getting back to our roots here, Sven. Definitely. Next week, though, stay tuned because it's going to be a good one. It's going to be really just a free-for-all. We're kind of going to do a couple of episodes walking down the line now uh, of just getting to know us. And what we're going to do next week is we're just going to talk about our favorite bands. Doesn't have to be anything specific. I'm not going to do the usual, David, what's your top whatever's. No, we're just going to talk about our favorite bands. We're just going to BS for a couple hours. And I, for one, am extremely excited for it. I can't wait to Rickroll everybody. I'm never going to give you up, Sven. <laughs> All right, everybody, please like the episode, subscribe, however you choose to. We're, we're going to be on every venue now, including YouTube. We're on everything. Can't so get away from us no follow us on instagram at verse course verse pod we do giveaways we do cool pics on there where we talk about the cocktails that we're making and we talk about the the albums that we're going to come out with so you have a chance to listen to it first yeah do it yeah. right do it Sven. as always it's it's great seeing you i look forward to doing this on a saturday again next week <laughs> thank you for the uh, schedule adjustment hey it happens we all got kids <laughs> <laughs> all right, we will see you all next week. All right.